Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome back, couch potatoes and TV junkies. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picked Up. My name is Robert, and I'm sitting here, as always, with my good friend, former roommate, and co-host, Richard. Second half of the stream team back again. Let's do it. That's right. Stream team is returning for this week's episode. If you've never joined us before, or if you are a lifetime dedicated listener, this is what we do here. Richard and I use TV pilot episodes as a jumping-off point for discussion. Every week, or every two weeks, I guess, we pick another one uh, through various methods methods and what we will do is watch it watch the pilot discuss what we liked what we didn't like and just use it as a jumping off point for our conversations hell yeah but uh before we do that i like to kick things off with uh, a simple question as it were uh, such as uh hey robert what you've been watching well, Rich, I wasn't expecting that question, honestly. I blindsided you with it, didn't I? You blindsided God, it with me. damn it, every time. Very, very seldom do I hear that question. No, in reality, uh, like every week, uh, I spend a lot of time watching a lot of movies, mm-hmm. but also some TV, actually. Have you, um, it's it's technically award season for movies. Have you watched any of, like, the, the big prestige movies at all? No, very no? few. Um I watched a award prestige movie from 1996 called Sling Blade, which okay. is fantastic. I've never seen Sling Blade. Sling Blade. All I know is the reference. I should say that I rewatched Sling Blade because I did because I've seen it before and I just love it. And okay. It's fucking kick ass. Um, Who's the guy? Because I know Billy Bob Thornton's like in it and had to do with like the making of it, but who is that's he's not. Sling Blade, right? He is. He, he is. wrote it and directed that movie. But like, he's not like the main guy, though, is he? No, he's Carl Chillers or whatever the okay. character name. He's Carl. He is. That's him. Oh, that's that's him. him? That's Billy Bob Thornton. It was like it was like Vince D'Onofrio in my in my memory. It does look like somebody completely different. Yeah, but it's actually him. Motherfucker. Um, I mostly bring this up to kid around, but actually, there's gonna be a lot of connections with. Uh, that and uh, what we're going to get to talk about later. Yeah. Um, But I haven't, Rich. Uh, Before I go into the TV that I have actually watched this week, um, have you seen much of the award fodder we've seen? I feel like I've seen all the wrong ones. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Like, went and saw, uh, like, I don't know if I talked about this before. saw Brooklyn, uh, which is like 97% on Rotten Tomatoes and, like, is getting some, like, acting nominee buzz and stuff like that and it was just boring yeah i know i heard about this at least off the air yeah it sounds like it was just not an enjoyable experience not really i mean like i was i was expecting going in uh, you know a, a, a sweeping love story or whatever but fine sure whatever period piece cool let's do it um and it just kind of kept going on and on and you know, there were some there's some high points uh, hit by, uh, you know, I wish I knew the name of this fucking kid, but like you've seen this kid everywhere. You remember that like NFL like play sixty commercial with Cam Newton and the one kid. Um, I do remember that commercial. Where he starts like warming his arm up and shit. Yeah, and Cam's, Cam Cam Newton's like, whoa, hey, I'm the starter for the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, it that kid. That kid's been in like a million movies, a million commercials. He is actually okay. 
back in like the early 90s, maybe late 80s, I don't even remember, there was like some nerd character named Jameson on WWF television that like was associated with the Bushwhackers somehow. The Bushwhackers were a tag team from New Zealand who were crazy yeah. and licked your head. Were they actually from New Zealand or were they, they from were, like New Jersey? No, they're from New Zealand. Okay. They're in New Zealand as fuck. Gotcha. Uh, they used to be like, before the WWF, they were like a hardcore deathmatch like tag team. Oh, cool. Uh, called the, um, oh, fuck. Oh, I usually know this off the top of my fucking head and it's killing me that I don't. I'll remember it later. Cool. And then they signed with the WWF and the Bushwhackers. It's like. Yeah, just throw your arms up and down and lick. Yeah, they walked heads. weird, right? Yeah, and then walk like it, that was a. That's like one of the top five like quick uh, rumble eliminations, right? Yeah. Doesn't a bushwhacker get eliminated yeah, I think in like it was one Luke. second? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, and um, somehow they got associated with like this nerd Jameson, mm-hmm. uh, and eventually that the guy who played that character. Uh, had a kid, and that's his kid. And that kid was involved in a storyline between like Bray Wyatt and John Cena, like 2014, where Bray Wyatt started using all these like kids because like that's whole John Cena's thing is he's all about the kids. Uh-huh. And Bray Wyatt started like you know the kids are mine now, John. And uh, like they would creepily sing like they've got the whole world in their hands. So this and kid, that kid was like, what cost John Cena like a steel cage match? And it's the same kid who is in Brooklyn. He's in Brooklyn, and he's and like he the good the parts. fucking movie. Yeah, that was a long way around. That was pretty f- incredible. Yeah, but we made it. We made it, <laughs> and th- and he's great. He fucking crushes in the movie. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and a movie like filled like fucking uh, Jim Broadbent's in the movie. Fucking Dom Hall Gleason's in the movie who, like, 2015 was the year of Dom Hall Gleason. Can you tell our viewers or listeners he, and also me? You may have first seen him. He was Bill Weasley in the Harry Potter movies. Uh-huh. And he barely had to do anything. He didn't do shit. Fucking Weasleys. This year, he was in Brooklyn. He was in Ex Machina. He was the kid who gets brought to Oscar Isaac's compound. Uh-huh. Uh, he... Was um uh, uh uh in Star Wars? Oh, he's the, he's like the fascist leader. He's, yeah, right? he's not uh like Grand Moff or whatever, but he's uh, yeah, he's not like Kylo X. and he's not Phasma and he's not yeah. Snoke. He's the, the other heavy who crushes. By the way, yeah, who's cool? Like he gives that Hitler speech and just, and like yeah, let's go, let's go kill the rebellion or the resistance or whatever. Let's fucking do this. I don't uh, know why, but just as a quick anecdote, on my my what's the what's the uh, Facebook photo called? That's like your not your profile picture. Your cover photo. My cover photo was like the Imperial Army laid out in that scene. Yeah. For a little while, and I I just loved the composition of it, but it is kind of like a big Nazi propaganda thing. <laughs> and I kind of sure in, yeah. in retrospect, I'm a little. Embarrassed well, I mean, that's to have like made the- it. <laughs> My uh, cover photo. It's, it's <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's an interesting visual, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, and then he was also apparently in the Revenant as well. Ah, yes. So he just had 
like the most crushing year of all time. Yeah. Like he was a like you can't have a better year than that. <laughs> That's a bit of hyperbole, but I understand what you mean. Well, maybe for for film season. He was in four movies yeah. that were universally at least critically loved. Yeah. And are like getting award consideration. That's true. And he played like a pivotal role in most of them. Yeah. Um well where is he in the Spurs depth chart? Not the Spurs, never mind. The Warriors. I was gonna well, say who he, knows? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes the Spurs. If he made the Spurs, that'd be pretty sweet too. Yeah. He's just like, oh what happened to Matt Bonner? Oh he must have lost some weight and shrunk a little. <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> um but yeah, so Brooklyn was whatever. Uh Saw the Danish girl. Yeah. And that I also was also heard about this. Heavy handed as fuck. Yeah. Um, Talked about a lot of Eddie Redmayne crying. Well, just the, that, that super close up yeah. where it's just slightly off center and he's staring far off. Yeah. He puts his hand daintily to his, his jawline. And, and th then there's the one shot where it's just like everyone leaves the room and it's him and Tom Hooper. And Tom Hooper's just like, fucking go. And he's like. <laughs> <laughs> and this is how you win awards. It is. You know. Um, spoiler uh, alert. We were talking about this. They have a tuck game. Oh, they, yeah. There's the tuck rule. The greatest tuck scene since Silence of the Lambs. Pretty much. Um, do yourself a favor, everybody. Even though I haven't seen The Danish Girl. Fuck that. Don't watch that. Go watch, you know, fucking Transparent or whatever if you want that. And then also go watch Dallas Buyers Club because Dallas Buyers Club is fantastic. Yeah. And uh, for engaging on somewhat similar themes, at least of like yeah. gender identity, um, uh, it's way better. Mm -hmm. It's fucking mm -hmm. great. Um, uh, that actually, uh, I was, <laughs> I was gonna say transitioning from that, but oh boy. Oh boy! Oh boy! Um, oh God I did want to bring up one more one more yeah. thing. I think the only film that I really want to see, uh, which seems like it's uh, prestige and going to do well, but also cool, is Carol. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, what's her name? Blanchett. Uh, Kate Blanchett. And then, and is it Rooney Mara? Or yes, is that his surname? Yes, it's okay. Rooney Mara. Yeah, yeah. That seems like a good movie to me. Well, the movie that apparently... And The Revenant. I want to see The Revenant. I want to see well. The Revenant. Um, I still want to see Sicario, which was apparently fucking amazing. Yeah, is it? Um, but apparently the big movie that's going to like really take everything... Well, maybe not take everything, but like the best one that's the most important to see and is the most enjoyable would be Spotlight. Spotlight, yeah. yeah. And I'm sad that I haven't seen that yet. Um, great cast. And there's also other movies like uh, uh, The Big Short, which is apparently really good. Yeah. Um, directed by Adam McKay. Too much reality this year. Fuck all this. No, uh, too much. Uh, I mean, it's just my personal based, opinion. No, no, no. But, you're not wrong, though. Because, yeah. like, everything is, like, the story of this thing that happened. The right. story of this thing that happened. Steve Jobs. That was another thing. It's like, oh, it's apparently great. I mean, yeah. I'm a sucker for Sorkin. We all know that. And I want to see it. Um, But you're right, though, man. Like. There aren't any original fucking stories anymore. I would. You know I, what's a great original story? Creed. There we go. Dog. Oh my god. There I don't we know if go. I've talked about Creed on this yet. No, we haven't. No, no. That was. And again, I, there's a lot of movies I haven't seen. I haven't seen Mad Max Fury Road or anything like that. But Creed, hands down, favorite movie of the year. Fuck yeah. Where'd I it go. I was literally drawing fucking 
parallels between Creed and Whiplash, and and I've, well, we've talked about Whiplash plenty. Oh yes, um, um, it's fu- it's it's so fucking good. Whether you've seen a Rocky movie or not, uh, Stallone is great. He's the man. He's a, you know this came up on Adam Carolla's podcast because they were they were criticizing. Um, there's a Rocky or no, there's a Rambo TV show in development. Okay, um, which is totally fair to criticize. Sure, but um, it was like yes, Stallone in Carolla's words is a big picture guy, but a good one, and he really is. Like Stallone yeah. is almost like scorsese like and or spielberg like and like the they know the movies and they they're part yeah. of like the movies you yeah. know and uh yeah i totally believe it i unfortunately have not seen creed yet but uh richard has told me he's ready to go anytime absolutely i've also i've actually never seen a rambo movie um but check them out it wouldn't <laughs> I, for sure and it wouldn't <laughs> surprise me if a rambo tv show is good. Yeah. Like, especially with all that we're seeing lately of yeah. these adaptations of film to TV, like we will be talking about later. Yep, but also, sure. like, that that could also be much more like, or the Rambo version could be much more like Ash versus Evil Dead, which uh, just wrapped up its season. I haven't watched the season finale yet, but all the way up until now, it's been really fucking, like, if you liked cool. the movies... You will like the show, that hands is down. Cool. And whether or not it's going to try to bring in new viewers or not, like that's not what this was about. What is it on right now? It's on Stars, I believe. Gotcha. Yeah, and it just nails it. It nails every aspect of it. It really does. Um, Man, those are. I just want to go rewatch those right now. Sure. Evil Dead and Evil yeah. Dead Two. Um, it's it's it, it's great. Yeah, it's great, um, but yeah. So those are all the move. Like the again, those are all the movies I've seen. But mm-hmm. it's like I sh- like should have seen Spotlight. Mm-hmm. You know, should have seen. Uh, I haven't seen Hateful Eight, but apparently that's a good call. Yeah, I get. This is coming in as uh, in the words of one of our one of our friends. I think his seventh out of eighth. You yeah, know? it's like so. There seems, you know, and in the words of another good friend, you know, he is very conflicted about how he feels. Yeah. Might be more interested in a um, a short cut, or yeah, in a shorter cut. Yeah, and the shorter cut might enjoy it more. Um, um, I gotta say, um, I, you know, I am not a tremendous Tarantino fan, and I was down for Bastards. Was not that down for Django, mm-hmm. and had really no interest in this, and yeah. so um, I don't really blame everybody. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm very much not surprised that this is not going over incredibly well. Also, apparently, uh, from what we hear from another from one of our friends, is that it was just what was presented wasn't what was sold, mm. which I it's so frustrating when that happens. Absolutely. Um, so I can see being frustrated and like having the lukewarm response that people are having to it. Uh, I will say, and I feel like you and I are kind of like on opposite ends of the Tarantino spectrum. Like it mm-hmm. seems like you might like some of the more like paced out and methodical Tarantino movies, yes, which actually maybe I might like this film. Because maybe, yeah. Whereas I like some of the Tarantino movies that move at a faster clip. Yeah, um, like I. Like Django, and it moved. It moved. 
Yes, like, say did. what you will about that movie. That movie moved, like... Very quickly, yes. Um, you know, uh, Pulp Fiction, and that's a movie that moves. You know, it's it, it still... While it still takes its time to breathe at certain points, like, it moves. It's got a lot of stuff to get through, and it gets through it. Yeah. Um, you know, aside from... Uh, even, like... I like Jackie Brown. Like, even... <clears throat> if not just for fucking... De Niro just ripping huge bong hits, man. Just fucking crushing that. Yeah. Um, you have you ever seen True Romance? I have not seen True Romance. True That's Man. been on my to-do list for a long time. Yeah. For all you listeners, True Romance was written by Quentin Tarantino. It was directed by Tony Scott. Yeah. Uh, but it's got Kristen Schlater, Patricia Arquette, Gary Oldman, yeah. um, Christopher Walken, Robert Duvall. Like, it is... It's great. That is a... Um, oh man, a fucking great turn by James Gandolfini. Oh my god, like like Tony Soprano, like maybe like four years before we saw yeah, Tony Soprano. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, everyone check out True Romance. On the topic of Tarantino movies, you know who I fucking like really appreciate that I feel like no one, no one, there's no reason to ever talk about this guy. Hmm. Fucking Harvey Keitel. Can I, we just all pause for a moment? And give props to Harvey Kai fucking tell. I'm all about that. Absolutely. Like, he never disappoints never. in whatever he's in. I, I, I just, that, that thought came over me the other day, and I just wanted to bring it up. I don't know who else I was thinking about recently, but I had a thought about, like, um, like that's, like, the closest you're going to get to, like, the old Hollywood star. Like, that dude's been around Forever. Yeah. Has done a kick-ass job, like, still around. Yeah. You know, it's like, that is like um, an old-school star. That's like if, like, 30 years ago you were thinking about, like, Humphrey Bogart or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. And I feel like he probably doesn't get his fair shake because I can't say this for sure, but I feel like to, like, the mainstream, he's kind of viewed as generic brand Robert De Niro. You know, I, I think it's... I think it's fair to th to think that mainstream audiences can't help but categorize yeah. actors. And there's like the lead, there's like the heading actor, and there's the people who fall underneath it. Yeah. I think that's fair. Have you seen Taxi Driver? Oh, absolutely. Hell yeah. Dude, yeah. They're he, both in that. Can you remind me? He's pretty jacked in that, isn't he? Like, I think he's like, Harvey Keitel. Both. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I mean, yeah. Well, De Niro, yeah. De Niro's a little... I mean, they were both wiry and, like, kind of crazy. Yeah. I seem to remember Harvey Keitel being pretty... pretty yeah. Pretty he, uh, muscular. Yeah, he was, you know, yeah. it was the 70s, and everyone was on coke and working out. <laughs> like, in <laughs> New York, anyway. so great. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, fuck yeah, Harvey Keitel. Oh, yeah. oh, man, don't stop, dude. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so movie season. I mean, it's it's gonna be a weird Oscar season because or weird Oscars. It's, it feels like it's pretty spread out. It's been about the least invested I've been in a long time. Yeah, yeah. I don't really care. Uh, there were definitely people with with Michael Keaton's resurgence last year, with Whiplash, and with um, even though he didn't get any attention with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Nightcrawler. I was more interested in sure, last year. Sure. Yeah. And Keaton's like. Yeah, here's what I was afraid about Keaton last year was that he was going to be the Mickey Rourke of 2008, mm -hmm. where Mickey Rourke did The Wrestler, it was his big comeback, and then he went back to wherever he went, he came. Yeah. Whereas Keaton... The Sin City 2. 
Yeah. Whereas Michael Keaton is in Spotlight. Yep. And he's apparently great in Spotlight. So hopefully he can like God, Michael keep that going. Because he is great. If there's one continuation of a franchise, like you're a big Ghostbusters fan. And sure. we we know that you're you're feeling pretty great about how this is all going. I'm feeling confident. <sighs> if there's one thing I think I really would like to see, and this is a little different because it would be pulling the original members, but like I would love a Beetlejuice too. I would so fucking, would Michael Keaton. Oh my god! You could find a, a different article from every year. Yes, that he would do it. That he <laughs> mentions. Yeah, this is the one film I would do. Yeah, I would love to. Let's please. Oh man, oh, <laughs> I would love that. Um, I, I don't know, because you would want it to be great, and you would want to love it. But at the same time, is Tim Burton directing? He would like have to, but you'd have to like slap him like 20 years into the past. You know? <laughs> right, exactly. You would have to bitch slap Tim Burton so hard that he was just his old self. Like there's so many different elements going on. Like, okay, oh no, we got Keaton back. We got him back. Yeah. He's back. He's back, baby. Let's get Keaton, get Winona Ryder, who sounds like she'd be down too. She's She's got a, a Netflix show coming up next year. Or oh, really? Year. Oh, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea what it's about. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, maybe she'll be back. She'll be back in the consciousness. God, that would be so great. And then Tim Burton, out of nowhere, fucking comes out with like an Oscar-winning movie. Yeah. Like, then <laughs> then it's on. Then it's fucking That'll on. That'll never happen. We need to... F- Oh, we just need to punch Tim Burton. We need to jump Tim Burton, everyone. <laughs> His face looks like a Catholic candle. <laughs> like, if there's anyone in the world that has aged less gracefully than Tim Burton, by the way, no. There isn't because he he's always looked like that. Hey, he looked like that. He's our always age. looked like a fucking like a Rubbermaid garbage can bag. Like he looks like a trash liner. He does. He dresses like a trash liner. He looks like Edgar Allan Poe in a circus house mirror. <laughs> he has he has pull strings so you can tie him up and for easy refuse. Exactly. Fuck you, Tim Burton. Fuck God. you. Good thing we love Michael Keaton so much, or I would just take it out on you. Uh, TV shows. Yeah. So here on Married with Movies, <laughs> we do like to talk about TV every now and then. Um, That's movie season, though. And like, yeah, it's movie season. TV's kind of like on a little bit of a hiatus. It'll That's be coming true. back. It'll be ramping up again. It's, a, it's slumbering, uh, yeah. hibernating, as we all are here in the, the cold the cold weather zones. Yeah. Um, all yeah, the holidays and everything. Well, um, I've had my. If you listen to last uh, or two weeks ago's episode, my sister is visiting, and we um, have been. We're big Tina Fey fans. Uh, actually, you al- along with us, Rich, oh, yeah. and we some other sisters. friends. We also yeah. saw sisters. So let's go back to movies for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Just when you think you're out. All right. In all seriousness. I enjoyed it. Go check it out. It's you know, I'm not gonna promise anything, but I thought it was pretty great. You know, it was, it was fine. I wouldn't say go see it in theaters. Catch it on cable. Catch it on HBO. Catch it on Redbox, Netflix, whatever it's yeah. gonna be on. If you're a fan of them, go see it in theaters. If you're not, and you're just looking for something entertaining, it'll come down the pipeline to you. Yeah. 
some some highlights. Um, uh, I I thought Bobby Moynihan did really well and Fantastic. a good look uh, for yeah. him in that movie. I thought he was just going to be like there were a lot of people in that movie that didn't get like a, as much time as I wish they would have gotten, but there it was impossible because there were so much, right? So many of them. Moynihan got a good look. Another great turn by John Cena. Absolutely, man. Cena crushing it, dude. Like maybe next year we'll see fucking Cena getting an Oscar nod. I forgot who it was I was talking about this with, but just like get Cena and it's someone else in just like a buddy movie and just let him fucking go. Yeah. Just like a buddy comedy and just let him go. Yeah. Oh man, he was fantastic. I would yeah. love to see Cena get a Golden Globe nomination for for best supporting actor in a comedic role. That would be fun. See, that's that's, that's my, what those awards are for. Yeah, and that's my that. swoggle prediction for 2016. Nice. I didn't get a, a chance to make a real one. That's my real one. That that is what those awards are for. You know what? Leave it. You know, I'm not trying to denigrate or or degrade or whatever the word is for no. for the Golden Globes. Hey, but hey, hey, fuck you. A cat. Uh, 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 oh no, what was it? The, the the Hollywood Foreign Press. Yeah. Fuck you, Hollywood Foreign Press. Yeah, you're not you're not the star of the fucking show. Okay, no. leave it to everybody else. Have some goddamn fun. Hey. Thanks for separating categories into dramatic and comedy, and fucking yeah. make good on that. Yeah, I feel like they do know that though. Yeah. Uh, by a letting their by just letting everyone drink during the show. That's pretty sweet. Uh, it's more like a banquet than anything. And then two. After the stink it was that Ricky Gervais caused last time he hosted, like you're gonna bring it back. It's like, all right, well, whatever. You know, then then you're asking. Then this is what you want, right? You know what you are. I also think they actually have done a good job because I think both think both Mickey Rourke and Michael Keaton. I think won True. won those True. awards yeah. for the Golden Globes. So, which is what should have told us that they weren't gonna win the Oscars. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Um, you know what? Hey, good on you, Hollywood Foreign Press. Give the people what they want. Give the people what they want. All right, so I don't think we've ever turned around more quickly on anything. <laughs> <laughs> I still maintain that you, you can both validate the truth and 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 combat the presumptuous bullshit True. that the academy's into, but also give some love to fun, you know some uh, Ohio Valley you know wrestling <laughs> alumni. <laughs> Deep pull. Yeah. I know. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> all right, let's really start the show. <laughs> so some TV. Uh, you were watching some Thirty Rock. I, I have watched a ton of Thirty Rock. Yeah. I've watched Thirty Rock is seven seasons. I watched everything up through about four and a half, five. Uh, I watched the final episode, and so with my sister in town, as also a big fan, we've been just having it basically on nonstop. So I watched all the last season of Thirty Rock, pretty much. Um, sort of like, again, like a lot of my watching is done as sort of like pseudo watching. You know, I wasn't sleeping, but I it's on was the background. Exactly. Answering emails, shit like that. Totally. Um, so I did that, started watching season four. So I got a really good sample size of that whole show. Um, that show kicks ass. That show, um, we had our, uh, friend of the show, personal friend, Derek Shoemaker was talking about comedy as he, as he's want to do, talking about like the ratio of like straight to joke lines in that show mm -hmm. and i mean it is like one to one i mean that show is throwing a joke at you like every every other line you know it's able to move along the plot um really well i think that um you know and to bring it back to sisters and everything i think that the reason i liked parks and rec a lot was that a lot of like the performance was sort of what sort of brought me a lot of the comedic aspect and a lot of the 
the humor of the show, whereas in um, as you, you know, as probably as Tina Fey is known for, like Thirty Rock is like a writer's show. Yeah, I mean the the, the performances are just as good, but you you can taste it in the writing. Those two shows are such a a a sweet yin and yang of comedy. Yeah. Uh, as as yeah, as you mentioned, Thirty Rock is just such a joke heavy show. Whereas Parks and Rec, like you can count the the number of classic style jokes in an episode on one hand, um, but you still enjoy it just as much for a bevy of different reasons. Yeah, you know, um, and it just it, like they're both a great way of pointing out like how many different ways there are to do it. Yeah, exactly. There are many roads to the kingdom, you know, and, you know, I think being able to recognize what your style is and then to not sort of, you know, shy away from that or be scared of it is like just a a real, it's just a road to success, you know? Yeah. I think, like I said, you know, I think like you mentioned in separate ways, 30 Rock and Parks and Rec both recognized like what was hitting pretty well yeah. for them and they stuck to it. And that's why, you know, you got two shows that are, you know, countless, not countless, obviously there's a count, but like many seasons, you know, what, a combined 13, 14 seasons yeah. of really great comedy. Yeah. Um, so I'm very happy to be watching that, you know. Um, I watched the second season of Transparent, Ooh. and uh, it started out very comedic, and I was very excited about that, and then it quickly, <laughs> and it, it quickly fell into its very dramatic aspects of the show, which it does very effectively. Um, but it's also a very good portrait of... Uh, the second season does a lot of very interesting things because the first season is all about uh, Jeffrey Tambor's character's transition and, you know, what the fallout has on the family and all that stuff. And not to go too much into into spoilers or anything like sure. that, but like by the end of, of season one of Transparent, is he is he post op? Is he still pre op? Like what? Uh, pre- give, uh, uh, no op. Okay, so um, he's just this is it's more just an admittance of like this is how I identify. Yes, and this is why I will be pursuing. Yes. Okay. Um, and the the question of whether to to op or not to op. Oh, okay. Uh, does get proposed in season two. Okay. Um, so there's still all of that to that to go down, but for the most part, it's just kind of like going into to everything else in the family and all that kind of stuff. And it, uh, you know, it's the same thing with like what is it, Togetherness? Those the other the HBO show with the other Duplass brother. Uh-huh. Like they're great portraits of what problems you have when your problems aren't money and employment nice like when all that shit's fine these are the other problems that white people have yeah you know mm-hmm. um so you know it's it's hard to swallow when you still you're not at that level to have those problems yet. okay i like this you know i like so you are identifying as a viewer uh who it's not completely relating. It's it's one of those things where it's like, man, I'd love to have those problems. Right. You know, I'll I'll call you when I get there. Right. But till then, you know. You could say the same thing about, I mean, as much as I, you know, enjoy, you know, uh, 30 Rock again, like it is very much a comedy of like, of an, of like the dream job of, of so many sure. of these people. Sure. You know? It's like. But it's still like, 
a comedy. It right, right. still has, I mean, that's why it yeah. has all the jokes in it's, it. It's all Whereas jokes. Whereas, these are like, transparent, are, really harps on the problems. On the problems. This is the biggest thing in this person's life right now. Gotcha. You know? Okay. Um, but they're still not like worrying about their loans. Right. They're, gotcha. They're fine, though. Like, in the grand scheme of things. You're doing pretty good, pretty all right. They're all right. Um, I, uh, da, 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 da. uh, what else? I started watching the final season. Uh, <laughs> talk about upstairs, downstairs problems. I started watching the final season of Downton Abbey. Oh. Um, which Damn. has been <sighs> certainly delightful. Uh, can you give us a, a year or a decade that we're in? They are 1925. <laughs> okay. The show started, season one started in 1912. Yep. Singing a Titanic. Yes. So they are now in 1925. Um, and last season, in my opinion, was like kind of lackluster. Like they kind of ran out of people like they can like totally kill. <laughs> um, okay. So like, spoiler alert, the dog got offed. Um, Good. I hated him. No, I don't know. That dog was an asshole. Uh, but this season, this season, uh, but there were still like all these other things where all the characters you like shit rained down upon them. That was last season and, and every season beforehand. Um, so like the first half of this season has just been like the sky, like open, like clearing up and like all that shit resolving itself. And it's been very pleasant and very nice. And it's just been like, oh, this is, this is how it ends. It's not spectacular. But it makes me feel good. Sure. Uh, and then like halfway through it, it's it's like a simmering volcano. And you can kind of oh, piece no. together where things are going to go. You're like, that's going to figure into that. That's going to figure into that. And and I can kind of see what's going to happen. But then like shit like literally erupts. Oh, and you're like, no. oh. Like it takes you like, whoa. Uh, which in like a very effective way. Because it just lulls you into a fucking calm. And then... um. And then, yeah, and then there's quite literally an eruption. Uh, so I'm like just halfway through that, and it's been very, very good. Cool. Um, also, another show that's going to be coming back this month on television that I was very high on last season, season two of Lucha Underground. Ooh, nice. Yeah. We were watching season one? Yeah, that was all. Se- season one was like 40 episodes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, when Rich and I lived together, we would watch some Lucha Underground I was never quite sure how long the production had been going on, even though the yeah. El Rey channel was pretty new. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. Yep. Yeah. So that was all season one, uh, which, I mean, the fact that any sort of wrestling show had a season is groundbreaking all on its own. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I'm very, very much looking forward to season two. Heck yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else? Thinking about, um, thinking about what uh, I've caught, again, with Kelly and I uh, hanging out, watching stuff. Uh, my other go-to, I think I've talked about before. I'd love to do a whole episode on it just to sort of dissect it, and maybe we'll do that sometime. But um, I'll be, uh, Arrested Development as well. And sure. um, an, an, yet another show, comedically great, just as great as 30 Rock and Parks and Rec, but also done in uh, a slightly different way. If you could, what would you think uh, is like the defining thing or the separating thing for Arrest Development, you know, because I almost feel like it's a merging of the two, and that like the writing yeah. is very strong, but you're also still getting a great ensemble performance. Yeah, for everybody. absolutely. Um, you know, and it's funny. I was just listening to because Brian Grazer was on um, 
WTF a few weeks ago. And he was talking about like, you know, he had a, a, a he was an executive producer on that with Ron Howard and Ron Howard was the narrator of that show. Um, and he was talking about how he didn't he like he wasn't he's not that big of a fan of that show really? because it lacks like a lot of heart, um, which is interesting uh, to say, because it does like that's sort of the crutch is like all these people are terrible to each other, even though they're in a family and like. That's one of the, the the fun things that the show plays with is it teases with like it teases you with heartwarming moments and like redeeming moments. And that's the whole crux of Jason Bateman's character is like the whole show. He's tired. He's been the the heart of that family. He's been the 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 moral center of that family for so long and he just doesn't want to fucking do it anymore. Yeah. It's taxing. And that's something that's never been tapped into before. And I yeah. think that's like if any sort of like casual viewer, because it's obviously big with a comedy crowd, but any sort of casual viewer that related to it, that's probably the aspects that they related to it with. Yeah. Um, you know, and just that struggle of just like, no, I want to be garbage for a change. Yeah, I'm tired Fuck of being you. the responsible one. Yeah. Yep. I know how that is. Man. Um, and it's funny you bring that up too, to switch gears again really quickly. I watched the first uh, two or three or four episodes of Marin, season three. Yeah. Just got released on Netflix. Oh, did it? Fuck, yes. I want to watch that. Got to say, dog, not happy with it. Really? I think we're taking a big step backwards. Man. Back to, I thought that Marin, I think you even mentioned this, that like, yeah. it started to roll and kind of find its voice in season yeah. two. Um, got most of like the arguably like the hang-ups that he can't get over in, right. in the first season. I feel like we're right back to him in three. Really? It's like there's an episode about being awkward about black people. Mm. There's an ec- episode about um, being awkward about lesbians. Mm. And it's just like, it's all, and it, it's like your classic, like, I don't know how much you ever watched about this, like, it's like this, like the curb your enthusiasm type, like preying on the awkwardness yeah. type thing. And it's like, Gets old, you know, and the, right. the Marin that I like is the real life Mark Marin, which is like he it's the post Marin. Like yeah. this Marin is like it it's it's funny to think that the Marin character that is being played is this befuddled, sort of struggling comedian, all these problems where it's like that was like the real life Mark Marin, like a few decades ago yeah like the real life mark maron has a fucking tv show about himself right has lesbian comics and black comics on his show because they're down with him yeah so it's a weird like it's meta- kind of like he's like backtracking to be like oh yeah i gotta cover when i wasn't right about this yet exactly it's like this weird meta betrayal as if like if tina fey did a show about being in chicago right and being in the scene where it's like Nah, no, I know you are this person. I know you came out on the other side. Yeah, you are You are at this point, you know. So, again, like, I think a lot of the stuff that I enjoyed in the season two of Marin hmm. was about getting over that. And yeah. in the first four or so episodes I've seen of season three, I'm disappointed. Damn. Yeah. Well, please, I mean, there's plenty yeah, more yeah, to I mean, watch. I still got to check it out because right. I also know that uh, CM Punk and Colt Cabana come back. Yeah. Because they were, sure. uh, uh, I think Punk was in season one, Colt was in season two, and they're both in season three. Yeah. So I've been kind of bookmarking that episode in my head for a while. Yeah. I would definitely, I watch the rest of them, but it's just like, like I said, odd step yeah. backwards. 
I'm interested. I didn't know that it uh, finally got released on Netflix, so I'm interested to take a look at that. Yeah. Um, I'm also like, I got like two and a half seasons left of Cheers. Nice. <laughs> You've done it. How, yeah. Oh my God, Rich. Uh, and remember when I first was like, <laughs> the last time I talked about Cheers, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm in the Rebecca years. Kirstie Alley. Uh-huh. You know what? Not so much. You know who? BB Newworth. Dog. That is very familiar she to me plays, from way uh, back, but she plays Lilith Stern and Crane, uh, Fraser's <sighs> wife. Yeah, Lilith. That's yeah. right. Um, and she's done like a million things since then. She played uh, Morticia Adams on the in the Broadway version of the Adams Family. Oh, cool. Uh, she's great, and she is foxy. She's totally foxy. <clears throat> Whatever season it is, four or five, mm-hmm. when they set up. Like Lilith, or like when the passion really first yeah. ignites between Fraser and Lilith yeah. on Cheers. That's a great episode. It's so good. It is. The, the, oh, just go and watch it. It's, um, yeah. Uh, cause they also have the, uh, the 200th anniversary, um, or the 200th episode special, uh, where they have, um, uh, uh, McLaughlin. I don't, I don't even know McLaughlin's name, but the McLaughlin report, um, guy, that guy. Uh, that, does that technically count as a reference? I don't even know. Uh, but he moderates like a panel mm-hmm. of like the entire cast, the creators, and they bring back uh, uh, what's her face, Diane, um, fucking uh, uh, Shelley Long. There you go. And um, and they show they have the scene between Frasier and Lilith, um, and it's Diane that's just like let down your hair and just lets Frasier see. And they're both like super skeptical, and Fraser's like, "Yeah, she thinks if you let down your hair." And then, as he's saying that, she does it, and he's like, "I will, oh manly." And it, it, it and that doesn't fantastic. even do it justice, but it's so fucking good. It's so it, good. It is. It's it's you know that sort of sitcom style, uh, fully realized. Yeah. You know, because it is like there's something to the, you know, I think there's a lot of that in all the television we watch. She's like, we can see it coming. But like when it's done so well, it's no less enjoyable, yeah. and it's like awesome. All the characters are just so goddamn realized too, and like they're not like as much as you have an affinity for the characters. These aren't necessarily good people. Yeah. Like, like Carla's just a mean, black-hearted person. Yeah. Uh, Cliff Clavin's like a staunch Republican. Yeah. Norm isn't good at anything but painting a house. <laughs> Yeah, he's like not a good husband, he's not a good employee. No. <laughs> he's like an alcoholic. Like every now and then they have to make him say, No, I really do love Vera. But like he's not like and he's like sincere about it, but then he goes back to never being sincere about yep, it again. That's true. You know, uh 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 Ted Dan uh, uh uh Sam is like a sex addicted, you know, former alcoholic. And they age him so to be like he's losing it. And what defines him now mm. and he has like a real crisis of self god that's so great it's 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 but you still like because they care about each other and you still care about them we have talked about this before but i i hope that you and please let me know if you do if you carry on into fraser there or you might have to you might have to but even if you don't the the episodes where you get i know for a fact the crossovers, that crossovers yeah ted danson shelly long um Who's it? Norman, Norman and Cliff. Cliff, Norman Cliff, and and uh, Carla are all in Carla. Mm-hmm. Carla uh, are all in one episode. Who else comes back? But that's like three separate episodes. Yeah, um, all just like 
beautiful reunion. I'm pretty sure that Lilith makes appearances yeah. on Frasier. Um, and I have seen, man, and Frasier's tight too. God, Kelsey Grammer is another, that might be another person. You know, it's funny. Talk about a staunch Republican. Yeah. <laughs> but you think about like, he's had his few roles. I can't remember that role where it was like some weird, like politician or killer or something. You know what I'm talking about? Kelsey Grammer just within the last two or three years. Oh, boss? Boss, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Right. Um, I think, and again, this might just be all the 30 Rock talking, but like, Kelsey Grammer is totally the guy who you would put into your next comedy sitcom. I was like, get him as like your Jack Donaghy for something. Like, He's, I would he love is that. Replacement level Alec Baldwin. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Actually, you know, if you ever had that situation, like they have the same, like Baldwin has a better ERA, but they have the same pitches. Absolutely. And that would be, I mean, that's the type of role that, like I said, like I really enjoy this, like the, the older actor, the, you know, like the second, you know, wind of these performers, yeah. that are, you know, in these cool roles, you know. And again, like Kelsey Grammer, I think has gone too serious with his, but like, he could. I'd love to see him revival in like a comedy show. Yeah, God, he's great. Um, so Ted Danson, obviously. Cheers. Mm -hmm. Ted Danson was also in season two of Fargo. Ah, yes. We watched the season one, episode one pilot, technically of Fargo. That is correct. To yes, finally bring us to the goddamn show that we, we watched. Finally and, get here. Uh, just to address it, um, uh, Kelly wanted to be on the show tonight. Wasn't able to make it work. Um, but she did gift us this show. Yes, she did. Uh, that we will be talking about. Yes. Um, I have, it's well documented how uh, much I watched this show and how I felt about it. But was this your first viewing of it? Yes, it was. Uh, this was the first time I had ever really seen anything. I hadn't even caught really any trailers, any stuff like that. I've been able to keep very far away from spoilers or conversations about it. This is the first time that I ever laid eyes on Fargo, the TV show. Um, and, uh, I mean, I pull the ripcord, man. Uh, thoughts, feelings. Um, it was fun for me to go back and revisit and watch it and stuff like that, especially because I've just finished up season two. So it was especially interesting and fun to kind of revisit it revisit it in that light well you know i love the minutia and the meat of discussion of all these things i'll just say it off the bat a plus show a plus pilot i mean yeah. you really loved it could go for it again uh could could go to watch uh watch that episode again you know um kind of in a pickle now because i just want to watch the rest of it you know and like i gotta find a way to procure the rest of it, I mean, I could, we got it through That's Google Play. That's how they got you. Exactly. We got it through Google <laughs> Play. Um, so, might have to lay down the rest of it just to watch it. Um, I'm trying to encapsulate everything. Favorite things were the connection to the property. Yeah. While still being wholly original. Yeah. And just... Um, Fucking Billy Bob Thornton, dude. I got told you, dude. And you and I need to fucking watch Sling Blade. Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton is one of the most like maybe unfairly thought of people. I feel like I feel like we most knew him in a paparazzi sense when he was with Angelina Jolie. Sure, sure. And they kind of probably came off as like a dirtbag <laughs> in a weird way. Like, let's not gloss over it. It was weird. It was a weird relationship. It was really weird. She had between, a vial of his blood. Between two weird people. 
And this was in like just the dawning of the internet age where yeah. you could like know enough to kind of see something but not be able to ever like sort of research and get in and see other people's work. Yeah. I love Billy Bob Thornton. Um, and I thought that there are – and something I, I – I think I may have mentioned this in other um, – other episodes, this is mostly a movie thing, again. But um, the speech in the, and we'll do a recap, and we'll actually get into details, but just as, as much as me gushing about what I loved, there's a speech that Billy Bob Thornton gives Martin Freeman in a diner, which is, to me, like an encapsulation of the first episode, if not the whole thing. Yeah. And he talks about, he talks about, uh, you think that there are rules, and there are none. That we used to be gorillas. Yeah. And all that we could have was what we could take and what we could <laughs> defend. There's a red wave that sweeps through life. And if you're not capable of showing people that you're an ape, deep down where it counts, then you're going to get washed away in it. And to me, I love a show that can, that can not, just the, not just that personal message, <laughs> but the broadness that, that the show tells that story in, in the hour. Yeah. But also in that one paragraph, it tells you what this is about. I'm sorry, because for a second, like, I thought I was in, like, an audition right there. And <laughs> you were, like, giving a monologue to me. I was just so good. Because that sounded memorized. Like, that's, it's probably not, but that is what he, exact word for word, what he said to me. That's probably about 70% accurate. I, <laughs> I, God damn, dude, I knew you were going to just fucking glom onto this You this mentioned this so much. Yes, you did. And, when, and when even were you- then, season two. Even more so, dude. Even yes. fucking more so. It, I don't know if it was on air. It might have been in conversation off. But you said, like, that you, you've you heard, like, oh, no, no. Actually, it was Mr. Robot. Someone was saying, yeah. how, like, things that I've said. <laughs> oh, no, that, that was heard, 100%. You've man. heard things on yeah. there that I've said yeah. before. <laughs> yeah, I was watching that show going, like, where have I? Robert. <laughs> yeah, 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 It's that's probably it. not the yeah. best thing. <laughs> So. But also at the same time, like, eh, yeah, maybe kind of. So, um, all right. So Fargo. You want to take over a wildlife refuge sometime soon? Oh, my God. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, really. <laughs> hey, now. Um, so, to, it, to get back, and you know, so this is me gushing. All right. So Fargo, uh, 2014 on yes. FX. Yes. Um, Noah Hawley? Noah Hawley. Hawley. Noah Hawley, yeah. uh, sort of showrunner, writer, uh, brings... I don't know how many you know how many episodes first season is? Uh it's 10, like 12. Eight or 10? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. That sounds about right. So again, FX show 2014 brings uh, you know, a show inspired by the Coen Brothers famous film of the same name. Great film, by the way. You seen it? Yeah, I uh just seen it a few months ago, actually. Because yeah. I, I watched the the show before I saw the movie. Yeah. Did want to bring this up just for the sake of, of this uh podcast, because this is a public service. If, you know, and and many other things. Um, Fargo is not based on a true story. No, Fargo the film is not. Um, I mean, it that's is the Coen Brothers being cheeky. It is, exactly. That's exactly hundred percent what it is. So I just want to get that out there and and make sure that that was sort of known and everything. Um, yeah. So this show in, in this pilot episode in particular stars a few characters. Now you'll excuse me, I can't really remember their names, but I'll refer to the actors. Martin Freeman uh, plays your classic uh, sort of downtrodden just middle-aged mm-hmm. failure man. Yeah. Failure man. Um, he's having, you know, problems with his wife. He is, you know, problems sort of at work. 
Problems at work, laughing stock, uh, you know. Uh, in the shadow of his younger brother. In the shadow of his younger brother, confronting his high school bully. Still bullied. Being bullied by his high school bully. Um, drifter character, Billy Bob Thornton. Mm-hmm. Comes into town. We first see him uh, in in probably the most the most copycat part of the show. Sure, sure. Your classic runs off Minnesota highway. Uh, person escapes from the, the trunk, trunk of his car, and so you know that this guy is a, a criminal of some sort. Um, so this episode does a really great job of again um, Martin in the William Macy role of the film. And Billy Bob Thornton in kind of the Steve Buscemi kind role of the of, film, yeah. but a much more effective version. <laughs> much scarier. Much scarier, effective version of yeah. Steve Buscemi um, meeting. Um, and uh, this show... He's kind of like uh, yeah. the combination of the Steve Buscemi and Steve Buscemi's heavy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Who I can't... I, can't, I don't know his yeah. name, but the, the actual muscle. So, um, you know, as the story progresses, we see, again, like Martin's life pretty much in the shitter and Billy Bob Thornton coming into town. And when they meet, it's almost like a classic strangers on a train moment where yes, Billy Bob Thornton just hears about They're Martin's in an emergency plight. room. Yes. After Martin was uh, injured himself running from his bully and Billy Bob Thornton straight up is like, after hearing his plight is willing to kill this person basically pro bono just for, for Martin's, uh, you know, self-esteem. <laughs> And uh, also, um, you have you're introduced to uh, the sheriff of the town. That's right. Um, and the deputy uh, Molly Solverson, uh, and played by um, Allison Tolman, who I me- I fucking couldn't remember her name last week during the elevator pitch, and I felt terrible about it. And she's fucking great. Um, and uh, she, yeah, she's fucking great. You get introduced to, to a little bit of Colin Hanks. A little um, bit of Colin Hanks, a little bit of Bob Odenkirk, oh. a, a smidge of Bob Odenkirk. Oh, yeah, that's really all you get this season, but goddamn if he isn't just fucking great in the show. Bobo. Um, so it sounds like your MVP was Billy Bob. Yeah. Who would you say? Uh, oh, you know who you also have uh, in, this, in the show is Carrie Walsh as uh, uh, Martin Freeman's bully's wife. She's been on a bunch of NBC dramas, basically. Uh, and she got to flex a totally different muscle in this show, and it was awesome. That was a, a really great um, great uh, friend of uh, kind of well, a personal friend, great improv teacher in Chicago, Bill Arnett, talks about a technique called the passport flash, which is basically conveying 100% of who you are in – Almost a sentence, you know, and an act. And yeah. Obviously, the show has the benefit of prop and costume, sure. but um, it is in the really the one scene we get to see Martin's bully's wife. Yeah, like, you clearly know who this woman is. It's like, boom, got it. Talks about he he made me live in the North Pole. It's like the first words <laughs> out of her mouth, which is fantastic. Um, but who would you say your LVP of this episode was? Hmm, good question. Um. That's a, a something that I'm borrowing from uh, from Married with Movies that they they tend to do. They like to anoint an MVP and an LVP. Very true. Of good the show. Good call. Um, I I know for me, um, my MVP, 
my MVP would be Billy Bob Thornton. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I just hadn't seen Martin Freeman, like, so, like he's sort of playing the character before, but he's just playing a full tilt now. But he's also got like a lot. To, he's he does. No, I'm sorry. I got to go back. I got to make my MVP with Martin Freeman. Totally legit. He carries a lot of the show. He like the the pilot of this episode is on his shoulders. Absolutely. Um, again and again, we're we're treading this territory, which is is clearly William H Macy's, you know, character. Yeah. For lack of a better word. Yeah. But but to to not. To to bring your stamp to it really says a lot. Well, it's also that character uh, because in the movie you see like you see him after the brink. Yes, and after he's made the decision to do this thing, and he doesn't. And that character in the film doesn't take as drastic of personal decisions. No, as Martin's does. But yeah. you get to see Martin Freeman's character, uh, Lester Nygaard, yes. uh, like be brought to the brink. Be shoved off the brink, but he's holding on to the cliff. And then you get to see him pull himself back up. Not in necessarily the best of ways, but. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, that would be my MVP. Uh, do you have an LVP yet? Or? I'm trying to think. Well, you know, it, right now, because there were so many great performances and things in there, I might have to translate to or at least incorporate into my LVV pick just what I think is the, the weaker aspect of what the storytelling is. Yeah. Um, I would have to say maybe I'll go with the bully only because it's arguably the most two-dimensional portrayal that's in the pilot. Sure. Because, we, again, in storytelling, you rely on tropes and you rely on simplification so that we can all recognize something that's universal. But at the same time, uh, you tread the line of fla- falling into a cliche, yeah. which is, I wasn't really upset by it, but it's pretty cliche. You know, what What sure. 35-year-old man is going to pick on somebody like they're still a junior in high school? I mean, probably not that well-developed dude. Right. Dumbass kids like his. Right, exactly. But, yeah, um, I, mine is someone completely different for the same exact reasons, uh, which you could arguably say this character is the, the the total foil to the bully character, and that would be the sheriff. Yes. Uh, and the same thing happens to, to that character. The Shining uh, Knight. Shining Knight, sympathetic baby on the way, bought the paint for, for the, the baby's room. Good, um, respectable man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, True. Uh, gets also eats it. To to spoil it, uh, you know the bully dies, sheriff dies. These characters, and again, and it's kind of self uh, evident in their deaths, but they're much more plot constructs than they are real characters. They're inciting incidents, exactly. Yeah, yes, they are. They're what move the story forward a lot more than than what they're there to sort of examine, like feelings for, and to you know explore exactly. what the theme yeah, is. They're devices. Yes. Um. Yeah. Next man. time you really want to hurt somebody in your life, that's what you call it. You are a device. <laughs> you are a plot device in my movie. <laughs> that's right. It's my movie. That's right. You fucking. You ever come across people that like talk like that? Like, I just. You know, I gotta stop. Care- I gotta stop worrying about what everyone else thinks. It's my movie. It's my movie. Uh, I think. Uh, yeah, probably. I'll probably. I'm probably that person. <laughs> <laughs> No, but there are people that like actually like talk like oh, that. Really though. do that? Yeah, yeah probably. Ugh. 
Yeah. Um, shit, man. It. I. I really hope you keep watching the show. It's. It. It just gives you so much gratification, and it, it fucking cashes in on everything. Later on in the in the series, Key and Peele are in it. Hell yeah. Um, All about that. Uh, and just it's fucking great. Yeah. It's great. Colin Hanks. I mean, I, 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 I'm not. I can't rationally speak about Colin Hanks. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know what it is about the kid. He's like, lovely. Like ten years older than me. Like, that kid, dude. <laughs> I swear to God. You know, I love. Um, I love culturally distinct shows. You know. Yeah. The 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 Southern Cajun flavor, True Detective. Was Get us excellent. out of LA and New York. That's what we always talk about here. You know, this this country is so wide. There are so many completely unique settings and cultures and people to have in your storytelling you know and and yeah they exist outside la and los angeles you yeah know? and you're not telling any different of stories like i said like in season two of fargo it's a it's a, it's a mob story yeah <laughs> you know but it's in it's in South, it's in the Dakotas and, and Minnesota, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's fine. It, it works everywhere. Yeah. You know, they're all the same stories. Just pick a different city. Having watched the rest of the season, you, you, uh, you would say that it, it pays off and mm. that, you know, that the, the whole, the culmination of the whole story is just mm. as satisfying. It's as gripping, gonna... dude. It Hell gets, yeah. it gets butt clenchingly good. That's like, <laughs> It's it has you on the it has you on the edge of your seat, man. That's wonderful. And and again, same thing about season two, dude. You know, when Breaking Bad was ending, uh, somebody talked about. No, I was read an article. Might have been on AV Club or somewhere, but it was it was about like screenwriting, and it was about how uh, talking about how to properly kind of motivate characters into action, and that. Um, rather than just sort of a miraculous coincidence, uh, I won't spoil anything just because it is so good, but especially in the second half of uh, Breaking Bad, um, there comes to be kind of like a showdown. And this article is about how there's very legitimate reasons for everyone to be there. Yeah. There's motivating factors. And I saw, I saw definitely the same thing at the conclusion of this episode when Martin, after... Mm-hmm. We're gonna get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Martin, after killing his wife uh, in a fit of rage, um, begs for Billy Bob Thornton's character to come over, at which he's in the process of. While simultaneously, the sheriff is legitimately investigating. So he gets over first. There's a conflict there. Billy Bob Thornton sh- shows up at the opportune time and acts as he would to kill the sheriff. So, yep. um. Again, just really, really like that and appreciate that. Like the sort it of it doesn't bullshit you exactly. There's an auth- as okay. So we end this episode basically with uh, a like a double homicide, um, and it's insane. But the motivating action for all these characters is is very like it checks out. Yeah, you know, this is not just oh, I'm crazy. I'm going to kill people. I'm no, going to kill a it's cop. Either- it's like, in the, in the heat yeah. of the moment, a crime of passion, exactly. a fucking you know split decision have to type of thing, exactly. Yeah. Or the 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 totally in line with the character decision, yeah. of someone to just just clear out opposition this has to be done. Yeah. Um. Another show <clears throat> that just uh, recently wrapped up its second season was, uh, and I meant to bring this up earlier, was The Nick. Cool. And that was another show that like. 
Um, well, to be perfectly honest, the second season uh, started to kind of drag on in the second half. Um, it lost a lot of the reason to keep giving a shit about Clive Owen's character, uh, John Thackeray. Um, it was spreading itself very, very thin. And uh, like halfway through the last episode, I'm, I find myself like completely not giving a shit. Um, this is the last season I'm going to watch. And that still might be the case. And if you watch it, you'll know why. Um, but they're able to like just fucking world war two fighter pilot just like pull out of a nosedive wow with this like scene not necessarily the last scene but a scene towards the end that just has your fucking jaw on the ground your eyes glued to the television nice. you can't fucking it's just captivating what you're watching between the performance what's actually happening how it was like building the whole time and uh and and it's it, it, it's astounding this this one scene this one set piece is just it's it's it completely had me enthralled uh and wrapped uh with what was going to happen it was just fucking insane that's excellent um that's it i'm not gonna watch next season really yeah you're outie i'm out um just to hop on that point again you know but we could it, do. We could. Yeah, but 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 uh, uh, the reason why I brought that up is because it did do that. Like, whether or not you, in a much more clumsy way, uh, everyone was there for a reason. Nice. Um, but it's just you had a hard time caring on the way there. Yeah, which is, uh, you know, I'm sure in show running and television writing is a is a distinct problem. You know, and yeah. I noticed that a lot in the seasons of Thirty Rock. Um, it was. There were definitely more compelling times to care about people, yeah. you know, and, and it was easier. Uh, and I was going to say with that, that like those moments in Breaking Bad were also there that where there were just like those those just like completely compelled moments. But even for a show as great as that, there were certainly episodes that you had to go through. Yeah. Or at least segments of arcs of characters where you're just like. All right, like, and even then, some of them didn't really even have that much of a payoff either. Totally, totally. I mean, of one that did have a payoff, but had its slow points was like Hank, like getting really into like geology, you know, which ultimately was interesting. You yeah, know, it certainly. was interesting. It also, compelling. like, had like a, a special touchstone to like me as well, because, um, in like the mid '90s, uh, my dad, my uncle, and my grandpa went out to Arizona to like open a restaurant, uh, and while they were out there, my dad and my uncle got like super into fucking like rocks and minerals and shit yeah uh and so like i totally got that like my that's uncle funny. became the dude ordering fucking geodes online oh that's awesome yeah 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 um yeah i mean god fargo again um did you so have you seen all of season two yeah okay so uh and as I just know from talking to you and other things, like we take a again another sort of a tangential story. This is a story that not is not a direct continuation. In fact, we're going back in time, exactly back in time on our really, really faintly related. Uh, yes thing. and no. Okay. Um, the connection between the movie and season one is there is a, a suitcase of money that is buried out in the snow. Uh, by I believe it's Steve Buscemi's character. Yeah, I think so. Uh, at one point in the movie, but it never gets found. It never gets revisited, um, and it does 
does it happen in the first episode? I can't remember. No, do they, they find don't it? bring reference. To okay, that. well, they do no. eventually. Spoiler alert! Sorry to spoil this for you, but they sorry. do eventually find that. So that's like the actual connection between the series and the movie. Um, and then later on in season one, um, Molly Salverson's father, who runs the diner, um, he is also he's a former cop. Um, and he just makes mention of like this, you know, like uh, uh, massacre at Sioux Falls, mm-hmm. and so season two is the story of how that happens. Cool, and it's all about Molly's dad, and you get to see Molly as a little girl. Oh, that's cool. yeah, that's really neat. Um, and uh, it's it's great. Um, you know, and uh, do you remember like kind of like the um what I was talking about with season two and like. Yeah, they're kind of treading into some weird stuff, but they're making it work. Yeah, like do you, do you like, did I say what that was about exactly? Like UFOs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, I don't want to spoil it exactly, um, but like there is sort of a payoff. Um, and I'd be interested to hear what people think about it. I was fine with it. Okay, but if there were if there was a hole to be poked. That would be it, but I don't think people are poking it. Gotcha. Which is good. Leaving the hole unpoked. Leave it unpoked. Unpuncture that hole. That's fair. Yeah. But we'll talk about that when you get there, because you will get there. Definitely get through one. God, one was so good. Um, Man, Martin Freeman. I'm totally, I'm totally on board with you right there, too. Like, yeah. I can't tell you how much both those performances. Getting to the point... Um, where I, this is kind of an age thing, uh, but you're really like you can like recognize every single performer, and like you know like where they've been and what they've done. Yeah. Also, we're just living in a golden age of people really nailing, you know, getting uh, commitment from really top talent. But yeah. it's so cool. Like yeah. I was watching The Ref recently, and you know you have um, uh, who was it? Spacey and Spacey Leary. Spacey and Leary. But then I thought there was another Oscar person on there. Um, maybe not. But his, they, well, his wife is played by Spacey's wife is played by she's she's a, another talented yeah, performer. Fuck. But um, was someone specific, or even if you just want to go to like another Cohen example, like sure. you got a scene with with Jeff Bridges and Philip Seymour Hoffman. You know, it's like two Oscar winners just sort of talking and gabbing. You know? Yeah. So yeah, man. So fucking. Everyone check out Fargo. It yeah, was pick, excellent. Pick it up across the board. Pick it up across the board. Can't wait to watch the rest of it. Um, probably only, probably the only other show I'm as excited about to engage in aside from Mr. Robot, which I still have yeah. not touched. Um, uh, great stuff, man. Yeah. Um, I think that about does it. Pretty much. Oh, Christine Baranski's in the ref. Good job, Baranski. Uh yeah, no one really. But anyway, anyway, check it out. Um, we have some uh some Twitter hollers at nice. us. Hooray! Um, uh, underscore crawdad man. Uh, upon the announcement of Fargo, um, as I uh said, possible first. Uh, it turns out it wasn't a possible first, as uh, Kelly wasn't able to make it. But it was our second show featuring Colin Hanks. Uh, the first, of course, being the good guys, That's right. which was a surprising treat, as it turned out. Uh, and then uh, the other one was from our friend Tati at Tati Gator. Uh, she picked up Arrow. 
Thank you. Also, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. So that was awesome. Um, Yeah. And where can you find us on online? There are a variety of places you can always get in touch with us. We do love to hear from you, as Rich likes to say. Uh, we like to make this more of a dialogue, less of a monologue. So it's not just us two talking. We want to talk with you. But a big shout out to Crowdad Man and to Tati for, for tweeting at us. Um, that is our favorite way. And actually, I'll change it up and start with that. You can always tweet us at Picked Up Pod. We are huge fans of that. Um, other than that, you can find us on Facebook by searching Picked Up Podcast and also email us at pickeduppodcast at gmail.com. Well, yeah, where can the people find you, man? Well, I have an exciting update. What? Uh, I am now, I have changed my Twitter handle to more closely reflect, or reflect the combination of my real name and my fake name. So you can now find me on Twitter at rbravo, rbravo. Okay. As in Rob Bravo, no longer the Marco Bravo moniker. However, if you'd ever like to hear the story of why that was the, originally the name... Please tweet me or send me a message on Facebook or something like that. There you go. Uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram at real.rob.bravo. And uh, as things start to get back into the swing in the new year, come over to the Bug House. Uh, if you're in the city of Chicago, come over to the Bug House Theater on Irving Park Road uh, on Thursdays and Fridays in later January and February for some great shows. How about you, Rich? Uh, you find me... On Twitter, Rich Cami, Instagram, Rich Cami Four, uh, and then I mean, oh wait, let's throw in our Snapchats because I'm getting back into that too. Are you now? Yeah. Well, uh, as as you all know, I'm Garlic Now Forty Four. Garlic, <laughs> best ever. You can find me on Snapchat at Rob PBR, which I'm very proud of that name, and I had been using for forever. Oh, that is <laughs> that is. Perfect. That's pretty. It's pretty short, pretty solid. I'm or happy with or it. even better would have been Shotgun Rob. Wow, that would have been very good. See if you got. See if it's available. <laughs> Might have to look into that as well. Oh man. Yeah. That's how have we not been calling you that for four years? Oh no, that's a good Shotgun one, Rob. How did that not? That didn't happen on New Year's though. Because New Here's Year's thing, was. It may have. It may have. As far as I'm concerned, that may have happened. Man, shoot. Yeah, y'all get in touch with us. We're fun to hang out with. New Year's was great. We got the Royal Rumble coming up. Oh, uh, hell yeah. That's, like, that's soon. That's like two weeks, three weeks like away. three weeks away. Three weeks away from the WWE Royal Rumble. Yeah. What year is this? 2016. Oh, which? Oh, fuck. Um, <sighs> sorry, in 88. Shit, so, so we're 28, maybe? Uh, yeah. Something like that? Yeah, come up on that. Just short of 30. Speaking of which, oh my god, I'm killing it. Um, we are, um, I think I counted this, uh, well, without counting Rich's pitches, only because they don't involve a full show review, yeah. we're getting close to 40 different shows, Damn. and we'll be getting close to ultimately 50, 50. different shows. We, uh... Yeah, man. Yeah, we've really we're putting a, together quite a catalog, and so. we figured it out eventually. Yeah, we did. <laughs> but yeah, we might be we you know look out if we you know put our heads together and start thinking of things to do that as we start approaching you know oh, kind yeah. of a cool little anniversary. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Uh, so yeah, where can uh, where can you find the show itself? Uh, you can find the show itself uh, by looking up 
the broader network that we operate on, uh, courtesy of Richard, Arcade Audio. It's now the new home of, not the new home, but that is the collective home of a lot of the shows we're putting together now. You can find Picked Up, you can find our sister podcast, Married With Movies. Might be getting in touch with them soon for a little crossover Cross, action. Yeah. Uh, as always, you can seek out Podswoggle, a wrestling podcast with entertainment, the longest-running uh, show of uh, of the collective company and a fantastic little bit of media. Also, uh, do we want to mention that we will uh, be bringing blank on slate, Blank um, Slate as well? That's right. Our father, uh, Dilettante yeah. Ball, is joining us on yes. ArcadeAudio.net. Johnny um, and Spencer joining us for Dilettante Ball, which is yeah. pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, uh, uh, and that's not to mention the shows that will be debuting throughout the year. Absolutely. So stick with us. We got a lot of really excellent media going on right now and more to come. Also, of course, on iTunes. If you subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever it is that you get your uh, podcast from, you can, you will always get the episode. You won't miss a single thing if you do that. That's right. So. Uh, and rate and review us. I think that about does it. Yes, Hell rate yeah, and review man. us if you want to. Yeah, suggest a show on Facebook uh, and rate and review us on your platform of choice. Get in touch with us. Uh, make out with us. We're very handsome. <laughs> so, for myself, Robert, for my wonderful co-host, former roommate and good friend Richard, thanks so much for listening to Picked Up. Keep your dial tuned to Awesome. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.